This is Legacy Bow. Make sure you hit like and subscribe, whatever you're listening on. I am Michael Adams. Also hit that notification button. So yeah, I'm Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King, Penn State Collegiate Hockey All-Star, Kevin Adams, and Rollo Coffin from Steelers Nation South will be around here in a few minutes. Uh, tonight's debate is going to be the greatest brothers of the NHL for the last 30 years, so basically the 1990s on. Um, our guest tonight he is an NHLer along with his brothers, Kelly and Kip Miller. And, of course, even his cousin, Ryan Miller, was in the NHL. But uh, our guest, Kevin Miller, is a 13-year NHL center. He played with several teams, including the Blues, Rangers, Red Wings, Caps, and Penguins. He's got 150 career goals, 61 playoff games, four hat tricks in his career. He has represented Team USA on numerous occasions, three times in the World Championships, also in the Canada Cup, and in 1988, he was a U.S. Olympian for Team USA. So we are honored to have here Kevin Miller. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Awesome. As always, we're going to have our Q&A after. And if anyone's watching this saying, man, that shirt is way too small on uh, Michael Adams there, that's because this shirt is from like ninth grade. So, But I wanted to rep the ducks for Kevin here tonight. So, all right, as we said, it's the greatest brothers. So let's, let's jump in and, and we'll start with Kevin. Yeah, so uh, I got the Niedemeyers. Uh, these guys were pretty much inseparable when they were younger, played hockey a lot together. They were actually taught how to skate uh, by their mother, and I guess their mother had uh, taught power skating um, in exchange for ice time at their local rink. Um, she had actually enrolled them in figure skating to help hone their skating skills. Uh, but Scott, he was a defenseman, well-known, third overall pick in the 91 draft by the Devils, played majority of his career there before moving on to Anaheim in 2005. He played 18 seasons, over 1,000 games, um, offensive defenseman, four-time Stanley Cup champion, five-time All-Star. Uh, he won the James Norris Memorial Trophy in 03-04 as the top defenseman in the NHL, Conn Smythe in 2007 as the most valuable player of the playoffs. In 2017, uh, he was named uh, to the 100 greatest NHL players in history. He repped Canada on the world stage numerous times. Uh, he's a member of the Triple Gold Club, uh, which is where they win the Stanley Cup, the World Championship, and the Olympic gold medal. And he actually won two gold medals in, at the Olympics. He also played for the Memorial Cup champions and championship teams at the 91 World Juniors and the 2004 World Cup of Hockey, which makes him and Corey Perry uh, the only players in history to have ever won each of the six major North American and international competitions that are available with all players. Um, he was inducted into the IIHF all-time Canada team in 2020. He's one of the greatest defensemen in NHL history. He's inducted into the Canada Sports Hall of Fame, the Hockey Hall of Fame, the IIHF Hall of Fame, uh, the Devils, the Ducks, and his, his uh, I believe it was his junior team, the Kamloops Blazers. They all retired his, his jersey number. And then his brother, Rob, was drafted fifth overall by Florida in the 93 draft, began his career immediately following the draft without even going into the minors. Uh, during the 95-96 season, he set career high in goals, assists, points in the regular season, helping the Panthers make that playoff run, where unfortunately they fell short. Uh, he would later end up on the Ducks, made another Stanley Cup run uh, against his brother, Scott, uh, when they played the Devils. And unfortunately, lost to his brother, but that made them the first brother pair to play against each other in the finals. Then uh, Scott would later join him in Anaheim, and we all know that they actually ended up winning a cup uh, together, which made them the first brothers since 1946 
to win a cup together when the Reardons did it. Uh, him and his brother Scott uh, had a great career, great brother duo. I mean, Scott had a little bit more accolades than Rob. Um, but I don't know. I think uh, definitely one of the best combos for brothers. Uh, Bleacher Report did a report um, back in 2013, listed them the eighth best brother combo in NHL history, head of all the pairs that we're talking about tonight. Uh, so I definitely think they have the one up um, on all, all the guys that we're talking about tonight. So, Kevin, I come to you, and uh, I, I noticed how much Kevin said about Scott and how little he said about <laughs> the brother Rob. And there's a reason for that. Scott Niedermeyer is one of the all-time great defensemen. So what are your thoughts uh, on these guys? Uh, two great players. Um, you know, solid guys on the ice, too. Uh, just, you know, professionalism. Every every game, um, you know, they just always, always were uh, in the game and, you know, uh, doing their job the way it's supposed to be done. And, you know, the stats... They're actually, you know, great, amazing stats, especially for Scott. Um, you know, he played a long, long time, won a lot, a uh, lot of hockey games, and um, was always, you know, one of the top defensemen out on the ice. And, and uh, you know, his long career, you know, shows that. And, uh, you know, um, for them to win a cup together, it's pretty awesome. Um, so, yeah, they were they were two great guys. I watched them more than I played against them, so uh, they they were fun to watch. Loved watching them, and definitely uh, top players. Being as you and your brothers, you all made the NHL. What's the competitiveness level between you guys just growing up? I mean, it, it's got to be insane with the skill level that you all have. Yeah, you know, and that's part of you know why we make it so far. Actually, um, you know, we had a lot of access to ice. Uh, you know, my dad was, uh, you know, he played way back in the day. So he knew the, um, the amount of ice and the amount of uh, stuff we had to work on. We also worked with figure skaters when we were young. But uh, the bottom line was being on the ice together, competing against each other, whether it was just, you know, the three of us on the ice or, you know, we had a few buddies out there and it was five of us on the ice. But there was always competition. There was always learning going on. There was always pushing each other. Um, nobody, nobody really wanted to lose to the other side, you know. And that's true if we were playing, you know, charts in the backyard or or cards or whatever it was. There's always that competition level. I'm sure it was the same with the Niedermeyers. and that just it, it puts you at a at a high level when you're, you know, just practicing, and uh, that's what's important because that causes you to get a lot better and uh, over time. Let's move on to Brian. All right. Well, I have the Stahl brothers, uh, all born up in Thunder Bay, Ontario, all stand at six foot four tall. So let's start with the youngest and my personal favorite, Jordan Stahl. Uh, Jordan was taken second overall in 2006 by the Penguins. Uh, and he's turned out to be one of the best penalty-killing centers the game has seen in recent years. He got off to a fast start in his career, uh, by both making the all-rookie team and setting the NHL record for the youngest uh, player to score a hat trick at just uh, 153 days past his 18th birthday. He also became the youngest player to score on a penalty shot, the youngest to score two shorthanded goals in a single game, and he set the NHL rookie record for shorthanded goals in the season, uh, which also, also led the league that year. 
Uh, Jordan has um, some hardware too. Uh, excuse me, some hardware too. Uh, he is the third winner of the cha- or is a three-time winner of the Chase On Award. And in 2009, he wasted the cup. He has spent 17 years in the NHL to date, with uh, six with Pittsburgh, 11 with Carolina, and he's carved out a nice career of great special teams and defensive hockey. The next oldest, and uh, just about a year older than Jordan, we have Mark Stahl. Mark was drafted 12th overall in uh, 2005 by the Rangers, and uh, he has he's had 13 seasons with them, two with the Wings, and one with Florida. He's a very steady defenseman, uh, usually a second-line guy. Uh, he could check well. He was disciplined. Um, not a ton of offense out of him, but he's still been able to compile a plus 46, plus minus during his career. Uh, he suffered a couple of tough injuries, including a significant concussion and an orbital injury after taking a puck to the eye, but he's battled back from both. Uh, now for the eldest, uh, a couple years older than Mark, is uh, Eric Stahl. And Eric is definitely one of the is the best of the bunch. Uh, he went second overall to the Carolina Hurricanes in 2003, and he quickly became one of the best centers in the league over the next 15 years. He's made the All-Star team six times, won the Chase On Award once. He was the All-Star Game MVP, and he's done something that only 29 other players ever have, become a member of the Triple Gold Club, which, as Kevin said, means winning the World Championship Gold Medal, an Olympic Gold Medal, and the Stanley Cup. Uh, in 2008, Eric's likeness was put on the cover of EA Sports NHL video game. Uh, this guy could pass well, shoot well. He was a team captain, a great leader. He owned several Carolina Hurricane franchise records, including most postseason wins. Uh, he has he has the uh, Minnesota Wild franchise record for most goals in a season. He has 14 hat tricks on his career, which is tied for 45th all time. And he has 72 game-winning goals in his career, uh, which is good for uh, 56th all-time. So the three Stahl brothers, they each brought something different to the game. Jordan was a great defensive center. Mark was a steady and tough defenseman. And Eric was a great leader and a scoring threat. And they all and they have the uh, impressive record that no one else has. They are the only trio of brothers to each have played 1,000 career NHL games. That's a great stat. Kevin, what does it take to, to get to 1,000 games, three of them? And uh, of the three... We got one Hall of Famer for sure in, in Eric Stahl. Well, the impressive thing is how big those guys are and how good they move on the ice. <clears throat> I mean, they all they all can skate. They all play uh, offensive and defense. Um, you know, they're, they're really smart uh, players. And, you know, you just – you notice them on the ice all the time. They're getting the job done. They're doing what needs to get done to win games. Um, those are guys that coaches just love to have on their team. That's why they play so many games because they're so valuable. Um, they can, if it's a defensive game, they're they're great there. If it's an offensive game, you need a big goal, they chip in there. So um, just you know, really solid both both ways, um, two way players. Uh, and, you know, really, really good players. I mean, the stats show how good they are, and uh, yeah, they deserve it. They're, uh, they're fun to watch out there. Well, let's move on to the Twins. The Sedin Twins, uh, both identical twins, drafted in the 1999 draft, which was pulled off and probably by Brian Burke, wound up getting both of them at the second and third picks. 
they would wind up playing 17 seasons together for the Vancouver Canucks, <clears throat> which would essentially make them probably the two greatest players in Canucks history. Uh, they combined for 26, 26, 36 games played, 2,111 points, 523 goals, and 1,478 assists. Uh, Heinrich was more of a playmaker. Uh, as he as he had uh, more goals, way more goals than uh, Daniel, but Daniel was more of the 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 assist guy, the playmaker. I mean, the goal scorer. Um, in their last couple years together, uh, they both played in in the last four seasons, where they were thirty age thirty four and age thirty seven. They both played three uh, uh, four four seasons where they played at least eighty one goals or 81 games. So even as their careers winded down, they still were playing at a high level. Um, Henrik had a, a, a high high season in 2009, 2010 of 112 points. And and uh, Daniel in 2010, 2011 had a, a high season of 104 points. They were both inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2022. And that what makes them, because their longevity and the fact that they played together for so long makes them the best. <clears throat> So 1,000 points each, both Hall of Famers. Plus, they got that twin thing going on when they're on the ice. So, you know, they, they might know where to be. What are your thoughts on these guys, Kevin? I wasn't, I didn't think they were first ballot, but they did get in, I believe, in their first year of eligibility. Uh, I thought they were kind of like maybe borderline, but your, your thoughts on them? Well, I think if they were on a different team, you probably would have got uh, even more stats and more prestigious, uh, you know, playing time and more championships. And, you know, they pretty much were the franchise in Vancouver. Um, you know, they brought, uh, you know, just showing up, they brought energy to, to Vancouver. Uh, they were able to, you know, sign some other players. They were able to compete um, at a very high level, uh, you know, to have shots at winning, winning games and championships. And, um, and just stayed there and did it for a long, long time. And, um, you know, if they were somewhere else, you know, the, I don't think the Vancouver franchise um, would have been much. And, uh, you know, and then again, if you put them in a, you know, a Red Wing or Pittsburgh or somewhere, you know, those guys were so good. And with the other players that were also on those teams, they, you know, they probably would have won a bunch of championships and, you uh, and the stats would have been even bigger. So, um, you know, they were amazing, uh, you know, paired. They they saw each other on the ice. They knew where each other were on the ice. Um, and they really did just pretty much make that franchise, if you ask me. So before we move into our final team tonight, our honorable mentions, these are guys that just missed uh, our list tonight. The, the Koivus, Saku Amiko, they were very good players. And the Millers, of course, Kelly, Kip, and Kevin. So our final set of brothers tonight is the Hatchers. And being a defenseman, I'm, I'm happy to uh, to have gotten them. So we got Darian and Kevin Hatcher, six combined all-star games between the two of them. In 2010, both were elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, Darian is a Stanley Cup winner in 99 with the Dallas Stars. Uh, both have repped Team USA at the World Championships, the Olympic Games, um, Darian twice at the Olympics, and Kevin has two Canada Cups. Um, so the thing about these two, though, they're brothers. They're both very big, uh, but they play different styles. So I, I was impressed by that. Darian, he was a, a bruiser, a punishing checker, over 1,300 penalty, 
penalty minutes in his career. And he played so well defensively that the Dallas Stars actually named him captain over Mike Madonna. Um, and he became the first U.S. born captain to win the Stanley Cup. So that's a nice accolade for him. And he stood at six foot five, 245 pounds. That, that's a, that's a big man out there. And when you add skates, I mean, we're talking another few inches. So, and his brother Kevin, 6'4, 232 pounds. Now, Kevin, the guy could move for that size. Um, you know, he's the older brother by six years, but uh, despite his size, he's a great skater and scorer. He scored 34 goals in 93 and put up 40 points 10 times in his career. And he was on pace for well over that in uh, the strike season there. Um, and he had an injury season too, where he was on pace for it. So uh, he's got two 70 point seasons under his belt. And he was also uh, third in uh, the playoffs with 59 points, uh, or a threat in the playoffs with 59 points in 118 games. Uh, he was one of the best offensive defensemen in the league during the 90s, and his five All-Star games proved that. And uh, he helped he helped the Penguins there for quite a while, and the Capitals before that. Uh, he was a very very solid, uh, you know, scoring defenseman. So your, your thoughts on the, the Hatchers? Uh, nice to bring some defensemen into this list here tonight. Well, I mean, the first thing is size. Um, you know, even they grew up in Michigan, so I got to see them at young age. Uh, and the size was just incredible. Um, you know, the 6'5 and, and strong, and, um, and you nailed it. Uh, Darian was... Uh, the big hitter, very, you know, like to uh, show his presence on the ice and, and and turn the game around by making sure nobody was near the net or uh, wanted to come in the zone. Um, I had a nice comment from him myself. Um, so uh, uh, he was just, you know, he, he usually he took the puck to the other side of the ice if he was on the ice. Uh, and then Kevin was one of the first, you know, as a big guy, to really be able to move and 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 show some offense. I mean, you just didn't expect that from big guys like that. And uh, you know, today's world, the six five guys can really move and, and create a lot of offense. But back in the day, you just didn't expect it. And it, and it was uh, it was one of the first you know guys to really bring that to um, the defensive core for big guys. And uh, he he was solid there. Both you know. You know, like I said, you just as soon as you walk out and warm up, you look at them and go, holy, how big are these guys? So, I mean, they were a presence. I, I wish we would see more guys like Darian in the Hall of Fame, you know, guys that maybe they didn't make a difference on the score sheet, but they made a difference on the back end. You know, you got Darian, maybe like an Alf Samuelson or, you know, even a Kasparitis, you know, guys that could change the game, not through scoring, but through the hits and, and things like that. But I don't think we'll ever see that. So, but... Well, let, let's move into our vote here, guys. Cannot vote for your own. Adams, who are you taking? Um, I'm going to have to go with the Sitting Twins. Uh, I love their in their final game uh, in Vancouver. Uh, I think they had the assist and the goal on that final goal to win the game. It was, it was like the Derek Jeter exit from the Yankees. <laughs> I'll never forget. I love I loved the Sitting Twins. They were Great players. It's amazing how great players that just happens for him. You said Jeter, the Sedins, Mike Madonna do the same thing. Mario Lemieux, it's, it's incredible. Brian. I mean, I hate to agree with Kevin on anything, but I got to go with the Sedins. <laughs> I mean, 
talk about like just saying like they're on the same page is just like a super understatement. I mean, these guys were, you know, in each other's thoughts and it was just unbelievable what they were able to do together. Rollo? Uh, uh, so I can't vote for my own. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the Niedermeyers. <laughs> and yeah, for me, uh, I also hate to agree with Kevin, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm impressed with the stalls because there's three of them. But only one of them was going to the Hall of Fame, and it's the same with uh, the the Niedermeyers. Only one's going to the Hall of Fame, and the and the Hatchers, you know, they don't have any. So I'm taking the Sedins. Uh, Kevin, who are you picking? I, I'm going to pick the Stalls. Just they're uh, they're not done yet. <laughs> they're still adding to very very impressive stats already. To you know, and uh, they're still going. So. Um, it's just I, I love I love how they you know just creating they at both ends of the ice and and keep helping teams win and um, yeah their longevity um, but I mean all these that we've talked about are very impressive as soon as you start throwing out all those stats it's like wow <laughs> that, yeah. that's very impressive and uh, yeah so I'm gonna stick with the stalls though they're uh, they're still going so. All right, so that's one for the Niedermeyers, one for the Stalls, and three for the Sedins. So a win for the Twins tonight. Let's move into our Q&A. Rollo, you got the win, so you're going to get first question, and then we'll go Brian, Kevin, me. Kevin, you scored your first goal uh, in your first ever uh, NHL hockey game. Do you remember the that moment? And could you tell us how you felt when you when when the, the, the moment happened? <clears throat> Yeah, so this is actually a pretty interesting story. You may like it. Um, so I was actually home on break in the minors, and uh, it was right around Christmas time. Um, didn't have my gear with me. Uh, we were given like five days to go home. Uh, I didn't think it was enough to take the gear home because when we got back, we had some practices before the game. Um, got the call early in the morning. Um, had to get to Washington. Uh, they had to send my gear and sticks from Denver, showed up, my gear was there, had no sticks there. Um, I was the first one there because the flight went right to the locker room. It was like 3.30 or something like that. So I was just talking to the trainers and they said, well, your sticks didn't show up. And I was like, well, okay, now what? And they said, ah, just go over and pick a stick out. And I said, so, you know, what's going on there's like well you might play you might not play it all depends if Guy Lafleur plays or not I'm like okay that's good good to know um you know he's an amazing person that I've always wanted to meet and here I am may play for him so I went over looked at the stick rack uh the only stick I liked was Guy's stick so now I've got to wait to see if he's gonna play and I've got to ask if I can use his stick so I was pretty nervous. Um, finally, he showed up to the rink. I met him. Um, I really didn't want to ask him about his stick, so I just was hoping actually I might not play. The word came in, I'm in. So now I got to go over and say, hey, sorry, you can't play. Can I use your stick? Um, <laughs> so he said, yeah. He's like, go ahead, take as many as you want. So I cut down a couple of Gila Fleur sticks, uh, got on the ice, was pretty nervous, uh, had Kelly on the other side. Um, so 
Warm up went good. I didn't hurt anybody. Didn't hurt myself. First period didn't get a shift. Second period didn't get a shift. Third period, about uh, I think it was about halfway through the third, we we're down. Um, I couldn't feel my feet. I'd been sitting there the whole day after traveling, and um, I get the call to go out. I was like, oh boy. So got on the ice and just played as hard as I could. Went through the crease. Somebody shot it from the point. It hit me and it went in. <laughs> that was my goal. <laughs> one shift, one shot. I didn't really shoot it. It was a reflection and it was a goal and it wasn't with my stick. It was with uh, one of the best players in hockey history stick. <laughs> wow. So, so Kevin, you were, you know, you were able to spend some time with three of the original six NHL franchises during your career, uh, the Rangers, Blackhawks, and Red Wings. I mean, they all got great fan bases, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Who has the most passionate fan base of those three? Uh, ooh, well, that's a tough one. All three fan bases are amazing. Um, you know, the Rangers and that, you know, that Madison Square Garden, they, uh, their fans are all all in on hockey um and they come to every game and they're loud and you know a lot of times there's more fights in the stands than on the ice um <laughs> but they were great um you know outside the arena they were great um uh, tons of support the red wings were were kind of just getting into their fans um uh, when i got there um they had a long long stretch of the dead wings um, but they were putting together the pieces and and getting ready for a long run at some Stanley Cups. I wish I would, you know could have stuck around for those four or five. Um, but their fan base really came um, and supported them and has grown into you know uh, amazing. Uh, they still support them even though they're not in the playoffs the last few years. And then the Blackhawks is just, uh, it's an amazing building, uh, especially the old building. Um, it was so loud. I mean, just during the national anthem, it just gets so loud and so crazy. And uh, uh, yeah, they're they're a fantastic uh, fan. So they're all great. Um, I wouldn't put one over the other. Uh, they're just, it's fun to play in front of them. So I want to take you to 87-88. You repped uh, Team USA. Uh, and you went to the Olympics. So what did it mean to you to to wear the USA jersey at the Olympics? And I saw you averaged over a point a game uh, in 48 games for USA that that year. So how did that feel, repping USA, and how did that how did it feel in that during that season, that time period? Yeah. So you know the dreams were um, me growing up was you know to play hockey at Michigan State because uh, I grew up right here and and used to go to all the games when I was four, five, six, seven years old. Um, my second uh, goal dream was to play for USA in the Olympics, and my third goal was to make it to the NHL. Um, so um, I didn't know if I was going to be uh, good enough to make the Olympics, but uh, I developed quite a bit um, in my years in college. And um, when I got there, uh, I ended up playing with some players that you know I really connected with, uh, Craig Janney usually centered me and uh um he has an amazing way of you know finding finding you open around the net and uh seems like uh seems like we scored a lot a lot of goals um together and 
you know, um, was fortunate to make the team. Uh, almost didn't make it to the uh, the final games, though, to the Calgary. Uh, ended up breaking ribs in a college game in Minnesota, and it was kind of hit or miss whether I'd be 100% to get back. But um, in the end, I might not have been, but um, I was able to put up enough points prior to that that um, they took a chance. I mean, because you're only allowed to take, it's not like 28 guys are going, um, you're only allowed to take, you know, I think 22 or so. So there's not a lot of guys sitting out. And um, so it was a dream come true for me. Uh, it's something I was looking forward to my whole, my whole life and uh, loved every minute of it. That was a pretty stacked team too. You guys had what, Leach, Richter, uh, what, yeah. Kevin yep, Stevens? Stevens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a pretty impressive lineup there. Yeah, All right. that was that was. Uh, I mean, we 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 had a lot of talent on that team, and uh, there was a lot of amazing pieces. Um, you know, I I just don't think we knew really how to play the game when we got to Calgary. Um, we were very skilled, um, had all kinds of talent, um, just didn't really know how to put it all together. So I, I you and I discuss this briefly before the other guys got on. I, I like to always ask about that 95-96 Penguins playoff run. Um, you know, what were your thoughts if Ron Francis doesn't go down? Do you guys beat the Panthers? The goalie switch from Reggett to Barrasso, which I thought was a horrible decision. You know, what, what do you think uh, you guys could have done uh, with a healthy Ron Francis and maybe not the goalie change? I think with a healthy Ron Francis, we probably win the Cup. Um, he was so important to the team because of um, he was really the only guy that knew how to play with Mario, and they had that connection all year. Um, plus, he was, you know, the guy that takes all the faceoffs. He was also the the first guy off for the penalty kill. Um, you know, he was so important, and to have him um, miss that series, you know, it, it became an area where. They were trying to figure out who to play with Mario. Um, they were trying to figure out who's going to take all the face-offs, who was going to kill the penalties, and it just kind of, you know, caused some some uh, hesitancy or uncertainty. Um, I think he was going to get back in the lineup, actually, if we made it that game seven, if we would have got by a game seven. I think he was coming back for Colorado. Um, so, you know, it would have been interesting to have him healthy. I think we do it. Um, goaltending wise, uh, you know, Van Beesbrook was just hot. I mean, he was stopping 45, 50 saves every night. Um, you know, if it was probably 30 shots and 30 shots, maybe Barrasso and Reggett, you know, are more into the games, but most of those games, I think, were about 40 to 12. Um, so it's hard to stop pucks when you're not seeing a lot on a regular basis. Um, but, you know, Johnny was hot. And when you run into a hot goalie, sometimes it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, one more each, same order, guys. Kevin, referencing that 95-96 season, uh, the Penguins had the last three 100-point uh, scores until the Oilers did it this past season. You guys were rolling. How did it feel at the end of the season when you guys didn't make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and you ultimately came up short knowing even though the season was great? Yeah, so I was there just the second half. So um, I came at the trade deadline. Um, I actually found out um, 
it was an interesting story because being in San Jose, I I, had, uh, I was you know trying to hit some. We we weren't making the playoffs, so I was trying to hit some uh, some goals of you know that I hadn't hit like goal scoring. And I was playing with Craig Janney, and I was nearing twenty five, maybe a chance at at thirty, which would have been great. Um, ended up getting hurt, um, and you know it was kind of like well we're not making the playoffs. Should I rest or not? And I was getting the, Hey, are you ready to play? Are you ready to play? And I was like, I can play if you guys need me to play. And as soon as I said that, uh, about an hour later, they said, well, you're playing for Pittsburgh tonight. So get on a plane. So, um, but it was great. All of a sudden the, you know, the energy level comes back. You're like, Holy crap. I got a chance of going the long way in the playoffs, um, going over to, you know, play with amazing players like Mario, um, so the excitement came back, um, and, uh, I, had, you know, had a pretty good, uh, run towards the end and the playoffs were a lot of fun. And like I said, I, it's just a shame that, um, a guy like Ronnie went down. So Kevin, obviously you had brothers in the NHL, Kelly and Kip, uh, cousins, Ryan and Drew, and and your daughter Hannah. You know she became a a gold medal winning uh, figure skater. I believe you have three other daughters, if I'm not mistaken. Um, will, will we see any other people from the Millers, you know, the Miller family, competing at high level sports anytime in the near future? Uh, probably not near future. Um, you know, my girls are all done. They, you know, I had two that are three that figure skated. Uh, Anna was the high level. Um, she was an amazing figure skater. Um, that was, that was fun to follow her career. Um, I had one play hockey. She ended up playing, uh, at Adrian and, and won a lot of, uh, a lot of games and championships there. Um, but, uh, so, you know, uh, Kip's got a, a boy that's uh, 2013 that is fun to watch right now. But, you know, it's so far away, it's hard to say, you know, whether or not he will continue his uh, drive. Um, but right now, he like loves going on the ice and loves training. And he's coming to all my power skating classes. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, after that, it's going to be uh, grandkids. So, I'm I'll look forward as soon as we have some come come about that that uh, work them and train them and get them ready though that'll be fun. Yeah, keep the Millers going. All right. Yeah. So I want to take you to your Detroit days. That was uh, my favorite. I guess you could say non Pittsburgh team when I was a kid. Uh, my whole bedroom was done up in Detroit Red Wings. Um, Fedorov was my favorite player, but uh, both times that you were on uh, the Red Wings, you had yes, yes. Some pretty decent rosters there. Mm -hmm. uh, what was it like playing uh, with Eisenman, Shanahan, Fedorov, Brett Hall, Lindstrom, uh, Hasek? I mean, I, the list goes on. What was it like playing for Detroit and then playing with some of those players? Yeah, so uh, when I got there, actually, um, you know, Eisenman, of course, was, you know, top star player. Um, Lindstrom had just gotten there. Um, and it was really, it was kind of the start of building Fedorov was, was young, um, but you knew he was going to be a star. Lidstrom, um, you know, watching him, it, it was hard to um, really see how good he was. He had to play with him and just know that he was, he was so good and it was an amazing talent. So you knew they were building the right way. Um, 
villages wanted a championship in town. They were they were going out. They were getting the pieces. Um, you know, the guy I got traded for, Cicerelli, he was a big piece of it. Um, and, uh, you know, they just kept putting the pieces together and, and, and worked. They had, they had all sides. They had toughness. They had goal scoring. They had uh, defense. Um, so they were going to win championships. Um, the second time I got there, I was, I was just, you know, back from, from Europe and really just my, my goal, I was already working as a financial advisor and I was just, uh, wasn't ready to retire yet. And I was hoping to get a few years, um, under my belt as a financial advisor. So it'd be easier to make the transition and just figured I'd be in Grand Rapids and, uh, they just had so many injuries. I mean, um, they had, they had a, uh, you know, great team, but when five, six, seven guys are out, it's, it's just hard to, to, you know, go very far in the playoffs. And it's always nice to get up there for a little while and, and have some fun in the old days, you know, of getting back to the NHL. But I, I knew I was going to be in Grand Rapids. And we had a good team in Grand Rapids. Actually played with some guys that came up. Cromwell was, was there. Uh, I was in Grand Rapids when he first came over. And, it was, again, it's another deal where um, – you just knew right in practice, right the first game, you're like, well, this guy's going to the NHL and he's going to have a long career. Um, there's there's guys like that that you, as soon as you get on the ice with them, you go, oh, this is this is the town. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was fun. So we'll get you out of here with this. Um, I want to take you back to 94-95, the San Jose Sharks. Now the 93-94 Sharks, they made the playoffs and – beat the Detroit Red Wings in one of the biggest upsets of, in NHL playoff history. So what what do you think happened 94-95? You guys only won 19 games. Uh, you had a nice roster. Jamie Baker was on there. We, we've had Jamie Baker on this show. Uh, but, so what do you think happened to that team? And, and what was it like to play for a defensive-minded coach like Kevin Constantine? Is, does that really, like, drain you as an offensive thought player? Uh, that was a frustrating year. Um you know, because I, I came um, from Keenan, who wasn't playing me, and uh, I knew I could still score. Um, I knew I could, could uh, you know, be a top line or two, number two line um, on that team. Um, but at the, the start of that year, they brought in a bunch of uh, their younger uh, draft picks, and they were pretty much forcing them into the play. Um, they, they really wanted these guys to play and, and uh, they weren't ready. Um, matter of fact, one of the kids they played for a long time came up to me early and he's like, you know, they told me they want me to be like you. And I was like, all right, well, and I don't know the kid. He was a European. I think he's a Finn. Um, and so I was just like, all right, well, I don't know what that means, but, um, good luck. And, and so, you know, the first, uh, 15 to 17 games, I was fourth line or out of the lineup. Um, and, uh, and I felt I was, I was, I was pretty good. <laughs> you know, I felt good in practice. I was scoring goals in practice. I was, you know, I'd get in the game in the fourth line and I'd, I'd uh, you know, somehow get points and kill felonies. And, uh, so it was just, you know, and we were losing. And, uh, so it was, I think that's, that 
after that, it was kind of uh, just turmoil the rest of the year. They got off to such a bad start. Um, they ended up getting the lineup right. They had to get rid of Kevin because somebody had to be the fall guy and on the, on the, on the, all the losses at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, the second half, I, I ended up still finishing with 20-some goals, so I, I was right that I could still play. Um, but when you're in that big a hole, it's just – it, it's hard to, you know, to fight back and get back into the, the playoff picture. And, um, yeah, so we knew we were going to miss early. And then at that point, you know, it just becomes, okay, where are we getting, who are we trading? And uh, so it was it was a frustrating year. There was was a lot of talent on the team. Um, it just It just didn't get started the way it needed to that year. Well, thank you, Kevin Miller, for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you guys. This is fun. I remind everybody hit that like, subscribe, and notification button. Thank you for watching. We'll see you all next time. Have a great day.